Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. The great myth of our times is that technology is communication. Libby Larson. Greetings, my peak performers, and how are you doing today? I hope you're great. Welcome to episode 122 of the Entrepreneurial You podcast. I'm Henneke Watkins-Porto. Today's episode is with Janet Stewart. With more than 30 years of experience in designing and delivering the highest quality classroom-based training for adult learners... Janet has made the transition to the online classroom and created Alliance Learning. This leading edge platform provides clients with the opportunity to provide custom built learner centered e-learning opportunities for their employees and members. We Love Learning courses are built using the best available tools and are designed to Janet's high standards of learner interactivity. I'm so looking forward to our conversation that is on leveraging new media technologies for entrepreneurial success. Welcome, Janet. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to join you today. Absolutely. Before we dive in, so I know we've met in Jamaica, so you've been to Jamaica. I have. Yeah. What is the most outstanding thing to you? Was that your first visit, by the way, at the time when we met? No, many years ago, we've been on vacation, but it's only in 2019 that I started actually working with some clients in Jamaica. I spoke at the LearnFest Caribbean conference where I met a, a number of really amazing, wonderful people. And from there, uh, was able to start working with, with some of the uh, companies down in Jamaica. So I've been back a couple of times already this year. And what strikes me most is how generous everyone is. They're just so welcoming and friendly. I feel like even though I'm from Canada, I feel very accepted and as part of the crowd, you know, becoming part of the fabric. So I really love working with Jamaicans. Absolutely. We are very warm people and welcoming. So I'm glad that stood up for you and that's what you're remembering. Yes, and it was... Um, um, I know LearnFest as well, um, great conference. I've never been, but, um, you know, and I know the organizer and know about it. And also Valerie Grant. Valerie Grant is amazing. I know you did um, the business summit at her premises. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Valerie and I have uh, joined forces, if you will. She's got a really amazing uh, project just outside of Kingston called the Marley Technology Park. And uh, she and I are kind of figuring out and also talking to some folks at the University of the West Indies uh, to see how we might uh, come together to create some sort of youth innovation hub or a a digital center of excellence for uh, or a center of excellence for digital skills training and education. So those kinds of things are all in the works right now in the background. Absolutely great. And Valerie is actually I mean, we're 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 digressing a whole lot. But anyway, Valerie is actually, (laughs) (laughs) you know, she was um, awarded for my conference, my leader cast event leader word following in 2018 so um of course she she's an amazing and phenomenal woman and we yeah we're we're grateful to know her 
Yeah. All right. So they let's become fast friends. Yes. <laughs> let's get back on track or let's get on track because we never started on track. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're looking at leveraging new media technologies for entrepreneurial success. Now, before we even dive into some questions, when you hear that, um, that topic, what comes to your mind? You know, what, what, what do you think about? Well, I can say that 10 years ago, all of my business was in person, you know, designing training in my office, but then going to a location and facilitating live training in front of a group of people. Fast forward 10 years, and that represents about maybe 1% of my business, if I'm being generous. So we have completely made the transition to the online world. The reality is, is in, in my industry anyway, in training, people have always wanted training when they needed it. We call that just-in-time training. But we didn't really have the tools in, available to us, at, at least not those, unless you had very deep pockets. You didn't have the tools to be able to deliver training just in time. So you invited people to a classroom for a day. You taught them a bunch of stuff. Perhaps you tested them at the end of the day to see if they'd learned it. And then you sent them off and you hoped you crossed your fingers and your toes and hoped that it would stick and that it would be reinforced in the workplace and that learner retention would kick in and behavior would change. The reality is it didn't work very well. The model never worked very well. It really depended on that aftercare part, which which was not very strong. Nowadays, we're able to make training available to people when they need it, when they want it, not, you know, a week from now or a month from now or six months from now when it happens to be available. They can go online, they can learn something, and they can apply it right away. And therefore, learner retention goes up. And there are also a whole bunch of tools that are app-based, let's say, on mobile devices. And those can be used to reinforce the key teaching points. And, and again, so the learner retention goes up and behavior actually changes. So I'm really excited about the transition that my business has made but it also means that every other business has the opportunity to tap into those kinds of technologies to better train employees, but also to uh, deliver training on their products and services to their customers. You know what I love most about what you just said is the just-in-time, the way you framed it. Because when we think about just-in-time, we think about, you know, for those of us who have procurement background, we think about inventory and taking in stock just when you need it and, and things like that. But to frame this kind of element of learning you know, in that form, I think it's, I think it's great. And it speaks to what it really does benefits of, you know, of which are reinforcing the learning, learner retention, and hence behavior change. Because ultimately, I believe when you do any form of training, your objective is really about behavior change. It is, it is the purpose that we bring people together, or deliver training to them, is to create behavioral change of some sort, to impart information so that they can do something with it and change something, whatever that happens to be. Whatever that happens to be. So in the context of what it is that we're talking about, you know, e-learning platform, what in your mind is new media technology? Well, one of the things that people often ask about right away is they hear this term LMS. What is LMS. LMS stands for Learning Management System. Essentially, it's an online space where you put courses or you put digital assets, digital resources uh, in the context of training and and learning. Uh, You only need a learning management system in your organization if you want to track 
the completion. So if you want to be able to award badges upon completion of a course or a set of, of, of completing a set of activities, if you want to be able to issue certificates, if you want to be able to run a report that says this many people have completed these courses, then you need to have a learning management system. And there's you can't say there's one size fits all. There are literally there are over 200 that I know of. Many of them are, are kind of third-party providers where it's a plug-and-play type of thing, a bit like building a website. And that may be the right fit for your business. Other businesses may need something more custom-built that they can, uh, you know, have a shopping cart in or that they can manipulate and they can have a custom theme. They can white-label it, as they say. So just depending on what it is you want to achieve, you have to think about what kind of learning management system you want. But it's only a repository. It holds all of those assets and it creates a place for persons to be able to go to. I know I go there in order to find courses or find resources associated maybe with my my job or it could be customers going into your LMS as well, depending on your business. Uh, This is something we call content creation. And right now, that's huge in the world because there's no shortage of information out there. You do a Google search and you get too many hits to be able to deal with. So persons are really looking for someone to do a bit of content curation on their behalf. In other words, if I know that you're an expert in X, I can just go to your website or I can just go to your resources and I know I'm going to get good, reliable information. And, And that's what an LMS does. It gives them gives persons a place to go to get good, reliable information. But what do you put inside the LMS? There are, you know, a bunch of different choices. Personally, we use what's called, considered the gold standard right now in building courses, and that's Articulate Storylines. That's a, tech, a, a software. Think of it like a really souped-up version of PowerPoint, but it just does a whole lot more. So we use Articulate Storyline. We do something that we call scorming, which is locks everything in place. And then we put those courses inside the LMS. But you can put other things in there. You can put in PDFs and videos and other digital assets of your your choosing. And then you can set it up so that when a person goes in and they they complete all of those pieces, then they get uh, credit for the course. Most persons think of e-learning as that, a course, where you go into something, you open up a course on a desktop or a laptop, and you do something. It might be 15 minutes long, half an hour long, or much longer than that. But there are many, many other versions of e-learning that are mobile-based, and that's really where the industry is going. I think that the traditional courses, there's probably going to be a place for them for a period of time, but they are they have peaked and they are more on a sunset industry scale right now. How long the horizon is, I'm not sure. But really, we're starting to see the transition over to mobile devices as being the go-to place. And that makes a lot of sense. A lot of job functions are very much on the go where the person is uh, maybe a salesperson is going from here to here to here and uh, they need to be able to access learning on the fly. Uh, So there are, uh, you know, just uh, uh, thousands of apps out there. Uh, Some of them great and some of them not as great. Of course, you have to really think about what it is you want to achieve. And then that's when you decide what technology you're going to choose in order to achieve that goal. All right. So knowing what you want to achieve and then we decide what technology that will be needed to achieve that goal. Now, I know and I'm going to speak from experience right here that there are just so many things I could be doing and putting a course out on. But the idea, the mere idea, and I know when it all gets down to it, it's quite, you know, it's pretty fairly simple, right? 
But the idea of putting a course together gets so daunting. I mean, I have a course, I have my podcast, my online podcast course as well, but it, it it's pretty basic in terms of how robust it can be. I know that I have not delved into that. Now, allay some of our fears. Persons are listening and, and perhaps they want to go into online course, you know, to start on creating online course as a, as a stream of income, as an entrepreneurial venture. What are some of the things to consider? Well, I would say when they're starting out, they can probably host all of this on their website, potentially on a hidden page, let's say. They can use their existing shopping cart to sell it to their customer and then reveal the hidden link. On that page, they can then have a series of digital assets that the learner would work their way through. It could be a very long page if, if need be. What I would say, though, is try to switch it up because I have seen persons do, you know, take this approach. And then when you get to that page, it's just one video after another. I would call it a talking head. And that's a very passive style of teaching. It's it's really akin to death by PowerPoint in the old days when we would bring people into a classroom <laughs> and just put a whole bunch of words up on a screen. And the person would talk at the screen and read this, read the words and people had a really hard time staying awake. So, you know, a whole bunch of talking head videos isn't really any different. You need to put some thought and and uh, design into those videos. Uh, swap, swap them up a little bit. Uh, have some still photography uh, cut to uh, different types of shots uh, about maybe your products or your services. So it's not just all you. As great as you may be, as interesting as you may be, it gets boring after a while. The other thing you can do is there are some great tools out there, uh, Videoscribe and uh, Powtoons and all kinds of animation types of softwares that are fairly affordable. A lot of them are subscription-based, so you can even you know, get the subscription for a few months, do a whole bunch of videos, and then cancel your subscription if you're really organized. Uh, but maybe think about some of your content being delivered by an alternate person, meaning maybe the animated version of you, uh, have guests on some of those videos. Videos are the, are, are effective, but they're an, and they're a really easy way to get into providing digital assets, but they can get really boring if they're all the same. And boring generally does not equate into learner retention. So you need to find ways to switch it up. Maybe have some fillable PDFs that people download and they complete as an exercise you know i can think of maybe they get to the end of a video and it says now before you go on to the next video make sure you go to the resources and you download such and such a document and complete all of the exercises then come back and see me on video number five you know just switch it up make it more interesting right variety continues to be the spice of life as yes. we say, <laughs> it's an old saying, but it holds true. It holds true. It doesn't matter what it is that you're talking about. You've actually created a, a course, but even prior to you're putting up a course on, on your website and so on, you're having a course to put up when you're now figuring out that you're doing a video or you're doing audio, whatever format you're doing it in. When you're brainstorming, you know, how to come up with your course, what are just some of the elements that we must be thinking about? Even I remember attending the workshop that you did at the, the business summit, the Marley Business Summit. You were talking about um 
how to take photo, just the various elements that you need to consider, how you need to put your thoughts together and, and the various steps in putting a course together. So take us through that uh, primary um, element of it. There are a few key things that you need to think of before you even decide what kind of course you're going to build. You need to think about who your learners are, uh, what kind of, are they customers, are they employees, what kind of job functions do they have? So get make a profile of that person. Uh, think about their age, the demographic, uh, the kinds of things that they're interested in, and then even give them a name. You know, a fic- make, create a fictitious persona for mm-hmm. who's your target audience. Your avatar, and that's right? good for business in general, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> your avatar, right? Uh, the, also think about how are they going to consume this course, this training, whatever you create, because if they're going to consume it on a desktop versus a mobile device, you're going to need to make different choices about the kinds of digital assets that you will create in the end. And then you also need to think about what are the learning objectives and are they, you know, cognitive objectives, meaning at the end of this course, the learning will know certain things or are they part of the effective domain of learning which is at the end of this course they will believe or be committed to certain things or are they physical domain types of objectives where they will be able to actually do something like drive a forklift for example Uh, so you need to think about what are those outcomes that you're trying to reach and then from the outcomes that helps you to then build your list of top that you'll need to cover during the training. Once you have your list of topics in order to achieve those objectives, then you can start to build your content. It's only at that point that you decide how you're going to present the content. And then that's when you start to make choices about, well, this would make a good video or this could be done in a PDF or maybe I make an infographic for persons for this part or maybe I do an animated video for this. So I, I find a lot of people put the cart before the horse as they say, And they start and they say, I'm going to make a video. I'm going to make an e-learning course and I'm going to make a whole bunch of videos. But you don't know if that's the right way to go. You really need to go through those other steps first before you decide you're going to make a video. So you you shared all those wonderful pointers and so on. Let's get back to where we started, which is we're talking about leveraging new media technologies for entrepreneurial success. So there may be somebody listening right now or there is somebody listening right now who's thinking, you know what? I am great at um, psychology. I'm great at math. I am going to prepare as a business, as an entrepreneurial venture, you know, start go into online courses and teach all that I know. What are the, the, the main elements that this person needs to hear in order to be successful? I do think they need to take a step back back and think about what is the desired outcome. So those learning objective pieces, because unless you really know where you want to get your learners to at the end of that experience, whatever it's going to be, then it's like you're, you're, you're going on a trip without a map, you know, or you're, you're charting a a boat and you have no idea how to sail. (laughs) So you really need to think about what you want that desired outcome to be. What is, I always start with this saying at the end of this training course, the learner will. And I finish that sentence. And you you probably want to have maybe three to five learning objectives, depending on, on the length of this experience that you have in mind. Uh, generally, I also, when, when persons are thinking about making the transition from 
you know, maybe having had some experience delivering a face-to-face course at some time or presentation, it generally boils down to a three-to-one ratio. So a full-day course, which would have been about eight hours, boils down to about a two-to-three-hour experience. A two-day course boils down to about a half a day of online learning. It's just way more efficient in the online world because you don't have breaks and lunches. You don't have moving people around to small groups and having discussions and then taking it up. But you do have to really think about how are you going to deliver your content, impart your content to persons when they're not there at the same time as you are. That That's what we would call asynchronous learning where the person could do it at any time of the day wherever they happen to be but you may also want to consider other models you might want to have a hybrid model where you have cohorts of persons who start you know maybe everybody starts on the first of the month and you have a monthly cohort of persons who are who are participating in your course and then you're available live online through a technology like zoom a zoom platform um, maybe every you know Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. You pick it. Uh, so that can be very effective because it allows persons who are completing your course, if it, let's say it's multi-parts, multi and, and I would break it down. I, I don't think a, a three-hour course is something that somebody wants to do anymore. The thresholds are very, very low. So you might break that into six half-hour courses, let's say, or six half-hour experiences. And then you would have uh, uh, office hours, if you will, where you're available online for everybody in that cohort to come together and ask questions and have discussions. That can be a very effective way to do it. There's just not one single way to do this. And there are so many technologies available to help you do it. You have to really think about what do you want the outcome to be and then make choices from there. Absolutely. And your final thoughts, Janet? I would say that there is a lot of really crummy e-learning out there in the world. And my ask would be that you don't contribute to that. (laughs) It's it's already a a digital dump, if you will, out there on the Internet. And most persons who are building e-learning are just more concerned about getting something out there that they can sell than about it really being a quality product. And you do need to think about the design of it because a whole bunch of videos one after the other is just going to be a whole bunch of videos and I equate it to death by PowerPoint. It's not really going to make a difference in the world. If you care about making a difference, if you care about persons really and being able to embrace your information, you need to think about upping your game a bit and think about the design a little bit more Uh, at very base level. Think about variety If you're from a larger organization and you have material that is going to be able to have a long shelf life, life, then think about actually maybe engaging the help of a learning designer to actually help you figure out what that's going to be. And then you can go ahead and build content, maybe work out with them that, you know, you do the lion's share of the work in terms of getting the content and creating those digital assets. But they just put a little bit of extra icing on the cake so that the learning objectives will be achieved. And they help you with, with the design part of that so that you're not wasting your precious time. Such a very re- refreshing topic and conversation. And we have pretty much come to the end of it. And so at this point, Janice, I'm going to ask you to share your contact details with, with my community. And you also have a freebie for us. So I go do. ahead and share that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so persons can reach me through WhatsApp 
uh, you can reach me at 613-299-5003. Or if you happen to be in Canada, you can stop by and see me. And uh, you can reach me by email at janet at welovelearning.ca, all one word. If you go to my website, welovelearning.ca, you can download a complimentary guide called uh, eLearning 101. So it's a, just a really 10-page, very reader-friendly, lots of pictures and white space kind of guide to help you get started. And it'll help you be familiar with some of the terms that we've used today, like learning management system and understanding what an exper- uh, learning experience designer does and uh, some of the basic terminology around e-learning. So I would encourage you to go there. You can, If you scroll down the homepage a little bit, you can see there's a, a guide, uh, there's a button there that says help help you get started and then you can download it from there. Absolutely. It has been my pleasure, Janet Stewart, having this conversation with you, talking about, of course, um, learning management system, e-learning, uh, talking about how we leverage that for entrepreneurial success. So thank you for taking the time, spending time with us today. I appreciate that. It was my absolute pleasure. And thank you, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode with Janet Stewart. I so look forward to connecting with you next week. On to next time, I encourage you to visit com to shop for TEY merchandise. Yes, the Entrepreneurial You merchandise, mugs and hats and T-shirts. Or you can sign up for my podcast courses, read the blog or listen to other episodes of the podcast. You can, you know, binge listen, right? Remember, you were born to win, but to be a winner, you must plan to win, prepare to win and expect to win. What good? Attention! LeaderCast Women is an inspirational one-day leadership event featuring renowned female leaders. Male and female audience members alike will leave LeaderCast Women with the tools they need to become leaders worth following. Attend the event via simulcast at Nutsford Court Hotel on October 18. To learn more, visit hennekawatkisporter.com or call 849-2571. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing? Or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange.